Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, Editor-in-Chief of the E2C Network. It's time to discuss another Auburn men's basketball game, and sadly, folks, this time we're talking about yet again another loss in SEC play for the Tigers, this time against the LSU Bayou Bengals by the score of 83-78. to The Auburn Tigers lose in Baton Rouge in Somewhat embarrassing fashion, but in somewhat of a frustrating fashion as well. We're going to talk about everything here. The frustrating things, the hopefully some good things, all the news and events. To do that, I have brought in my friend, co-host, and owner-operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. I take it you and I, Clint, tonight might have a few disagreements on some points. I think so. Because there's two different ways I think you can view this game. You can put a lot of blame on Auburn tonight, but I think you could also put some blame on the refs as well, quite a bit of blame, Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Auburn played terrible today and still was in the game. Um, I will disagree with you right at the bat and on the officiating. I don't think it was terrible. Uh, It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't, you know, chicken little sky is falling terrible like so many people like to think it was. Um but no, I think Auburn just played themselves into a really good position and then immediately played themselves out of it. I think that this was probably the worst game Auburn has played all season long. And yet they were still in position to win the game. Isn't that, that's the crazy thing. This should have been, it's, been put away. You know what? That That's a really good place to be as an Auburn basketball fan. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, heck, we talked about the previous tenure all the time and how just lackluster and boring and miserable it was to be in the arena. And now we're upset with a five point loss to a top ranked team when, you know, Auburn played awful and still had a chance to win this one. So before we get into maybe the debate on whether the officials or Auburn's performance was more to blame in this game, what do you think was the worst part about the game tonight for Auburn? Because there are several ways to go with this. I think it's no doubt the the turnovers. Auburn played the entire, sec, you know, probably about that 20-minute stretch halfway between the first half and halfway through the second half with just butterfingers. Auburn couldn't hold onto the ball. Auburn just kept losing it and throwing it off of the wrong player and throwing it away, and it was incredibly frustrating to watch. Like, I think Samir Dowdy has had a lot of struggles holding onto the ball, dribbling it well, and honestly not falling on his face like he did today. But the entire team really struggled with it. We've not seen Jared Harper have 
five turnovers in a game all year, I don't think. And I'm surprised that individually Auburn players don't have more than they do. Jared led the team with five, and the next was Horace with three. Like, I I could have sworn that individually these guys had a lot more. And, and I know Javon McCormick had more than one. So I don't know who's scoring turnovers, but it's not correct. Um, 19 turnovers still might be a generous number. But LSU was just so tough and tenacious defensively that just gave Auburn fits. And you can't take it – you can't take teams lightly that play like LSU does and play such tough defense. Let me be honest with you too, Clint. The turnover, I thought it was going to be a wider margin than that. That's how bad it felt watching it, how many times Auburn just lost grip of the ball, threw it away. When I saw 19, I thought it was going to be closer to almost 30. I think I saw a stat where it's, it felt like it. Well, because if you look at it, we gave up 31 points off of those turnovers. I thought it was, when I saw 31, I was thinking it was 31 turnovers. I was like, oh, yeah, that's about right. That's how bad it's been going tonight. Well, I mean, and, and the first half was such a good and bad half for Auburn. Auburn averages, I think, 12 three pointers a game, and Auburn had 12 three pointers in the first half alone. Auburn averages 12 or 13 turnovers a game. Auburn had 12 turnovers in the first half alone. So Auburn hit their season average for a game in a half on a very positive and a very negative stat. So with the turnovers here, you know, there's other angles to look at this as well about how bad it was. Offensive rebounding too. I think, honestly, it's hard for me to harp on the Tigers, our Tigers, that much for losing the offensive rebounding battle because when you look at the size of LSU compared to Auburn, they've got a humongous advantage there, and I do mean a humongous advantage. With Austin Wiley just now starting to get back into play, you know, Horace Spencer, Anthony McLemore, they do a great job when they're playing very well, and most of the time, not just when they're playing well, but most of the time they do a very good job. But it's it's hard to win the rebound battle <coughs> against a very big and physical team like LSU. No doubt, and, you know, I think it – you can always take these stats with or without a lot of grain of salt, honestly. And and for LSU to have 22 offensive rebounds is just mind-blowing, especially to Auburn's seven. But also, as you could tell in the early part of the game, they were – I mean, it looked like that, <clears throat> that pregame drill where you stand in line and just throw it off the bat board and let the next guy catch it. Throw it off and let the next guy catch it. Last guy makes the bucket. It's kind of what it felt like, except they weren't making any buckets. So I think 22 offensive rebounds is a little, you know, stat padding, but it still doesn't hide the fact that Auburn just could not grab those boards. Auburn was getting just honestly trapped underneath the rim. And you're taught from day one of four-year-old basketball, you can't rebound underneath the, the circle. You can't do that. You have to be outside of it, and Auburn just couldn't do that. Well, here, here's the other thing, too. There were, and I'm giving a little bit of credit to Auburn as well, because there were a lot of bad bounces off the rim that just seemed to fall into LSU players. It doesn't take anything away from LSU, because as you said, I thought that was a great analogy, that whole drill of where you go up and one after the other rebound and the last guy makes it. That's exactly right tonight. They just found a way to force Auburn deeper and deeper into the basket and then at some point it's just LSU underneath there getting rebounds I mean there were there were times that I saw Anthony turn and face the LSU defender and I'm surprised he didn't get called for honestly an arm bar into his face but 
it's like you can't you have to feel your opponents with your body and keep your eye on the ball and just the way that Anthony was playing these rebounds today was just not what we're used to seeing and again <clears throat> Auburn would be too far underneath the goal to get the rebound and try to jump back and you know you could argue that there could have been a um you know an undercut foul or something but Auburn was just out of position most of the game in terms of rebounds whether that's being underneath the goal or a bad bounce or what Auburn Auburn's done really well the last year or so in rebounding but today was a really terrible rebounding effort for the Tigers and while we're just you know piling it on here let's talk about the other (laughs) bad facet of this free throws and you know I harp on this all the time so to see uh, people were on social media were pointing out tagging me saying I can feel Kyle Loomis screaming and I was here it's a free throw it is the easiest thing in the entire world to get a point out of you should be able to make 80% of your shots and it's not just the fact that Auburn shot 62% from the free throw line it's the fact that they only had 13 attempts that's it if Auburn does what they can do so well in the second half is drive in and make those bigger players foul them hard, they get a lot more attempts. And frankly, that percentage looks a lot better. I, I'm always disgusted with, you know, poor offensive rebounding and turnovers. But again, this this area just makes me so mad. Well, the, the shooting percentage was bad on both sides. And I'm not going to fight you on that one. Um, but I do think that the number of free throw shot is not that indicative of the way this game went. Yes, Auburn was very happy from beyond the arc and a little too happy late in the game, but the officials were not calling this game very tightly whatsoever. Um, Auburn ended up with 23 fouls to 13 LSU fouls. Wow, that was, that's a discrepancy. But early in the game, I mean, there was neither team got into a bonus until under a minute left in the first half. They weren't calling fouls, and the LSU fans were getting pissed, and they had, I think they had a lot of right to be upset with some of the no calls and, and subsequent calls on their Tigers down on the other side of the court. But the officials said early on, we're going to let y'all play, and I, I really appreciated that. I liked the way they did that. And, you know, I know you were going to be upset with the officiating, but oh, it's I coming. think... <laughs> I think that they were very consistent throughout the game. They said, we're going to let you play. And then about midway through the second half, they kind of started tightening that up, rightly or not. But, you know, then they ended the game with, we're going to let you play. The I know that the Bryce Brown last second three was highly controversial. And I think Bryce has the right to be upset. But I also think that, that this officiating crew in this game on this day was probably not going to call that in the first half or in the first minute of the first half or the last minute of the second half. I don't think that that changes. And I would much rather an official and officiating crew be consistent than rewarding fouls. I saw somebody on Twitter respond to me actually um, and say, I've never seen an officiating crew blow back to back fouls and no calls on fouls and then he followed it up with most of the time they'll they'll it's they'll make it up on the next call it's like you you cannot advocate wanting officials officials to make up calls 
Yes, they might do that. It's just human nature if that happens. But there is no way that anybody should be wanting officials to have makeup calls, especially in a moment that could change the way the game ends. I'm sorry. That's not how this works. We never want officials to determine the outcome of the game. And if roles were reversed, you'd be upset if that call was made. Well, I shouldn't have let you go first on that point because now you basically stole all of my thunder. (laughs) I I had to get it out first. (laughs) Here's here's my – and everything you just said about the officiating. And and I tried to sum this up very briefly in my three-point thoughts article on the etcnetwork.com about how I felt about it. And this is why we talked about the deficiencies of Auburn first because I want to be very clear that Auburn is the reason that they – ultimately lost this game the things that they did poorly things they didn't do enough of however and as you already pointed out so eloquently officials should not affect the outcome of the game and they 100 percent did in this game here's why when you talk about consistency there was no consistency they started the this is for the lsu fans an advocate of them they had a hundred percent reason to be upset in the first half because Auburn got away with murder at times when there were no <laughs> fouls called. I'm I'm just being honest. So I felt I, bad. I, I wouldn't go that far. We've seen Auburn players get murdered under the goal, but I don't think Auburn oh, oh, went, oh. went to that extreme in this game. <laughs> well, that happened in the second half for Auburn. So here's what happened. As you did see them change and try throughout the game because they called it so poorly for LSU to make up those calls. It is human nature, I understand, but that affects the nature of the game. Auburn took advantage of that situation of them not making the calls to put themselves out to elite. Granted, they made mistakes to give away that. But at the same time, when they're getting shoved out of bounds as they catch the ball, that is a foul. You cannot yep. force a player out of bounds. When you are getting shoved to the ground, driving into the basket by a player that's two feet higher than you, not really, but just, you know, essentially, that is a foul. <laughs> at the end of the game, when you get hit not by one one player but two players beyond the arc, that is a foul, and that is three shots from the three-throw three line. I am, <laughs> hey, it wouldn't have mattered the way Auburn shot today. It, you know what? That may be the case, but I at least want the opportunity for it. I'm sorry. We all knew what they were going to try to do, go to the three-point line and try to draw a foul to get those three shots. We all knew it. The referees knew it. LSU knew it, and LSU still ran into him. Not once, but a second player for a a second time on a foul. (laughs) I'm sorry. The refs affected the outcome of this game, and it was terrible on both ends for LSU in the first half and Auburn throughout the rest of the game. It was awful, abysmal. There's no other way to say it. The refs affected the outcome of this game. You know, I'm going to pull the card that I always hate when it's played. Don't do it. It never should have gotten to that opportunity. You're right. Auburn had a 16-point lead midway through the first half. Auburn had a three-point lead going into halftime, and just into the second half, Auburn was in a deficit. Auburn played so lackadaisical at times, and it bit them in the butt. If Auburn had stepped on the throat like we've seen that they're able to do, and like they did for the first 12, 13, 14 minutes of the game, this is this is a blowout on the road at a top 25 team's house. And the officiating probably wouldn't be a question. Again, I think that LSU fans had every right to be upset early in the game. 
they weren't getting the calls, but neither was Auburn. Um, but Auburn just where, whereas Auburn had streets of scoring, they also had droughts and streets of turnovers. There were four, five, six possessions in a row that Auburn had a turnover and they weren't pretty turnovers. They were just, you know, I think it was Javon McCormick dribbling into the corner and just losing the ball. And that's just not the way Auburn plays. You cannot win with 19 turnovers and only 13 free throws. Auburn should have adjusted the game plan as the game went on, and they failed to do that. They should not have let Anthony McElmore shoot four free throws in the first five minutes of the game. He shouldn't have shot seven overall. I mean, Anthony McElmore shot the exact same beyond the arc as Bryce Brown did. That's it's a little odd. <laughs> you know, I'm glad Anthony made three of them, but he should never take seven. That's that's way too many. But Auburn just went way too happy and heavy on the three-pointers, and you saw them rushing at the end of the game. <clears throat> if you play that inside game when they're expecting the outside shots, there's nothing that I want to see more from Auburn in, in these types of games than just moving the ball around. Get it inside, move it back out. Inside-outside action is how you win games, especially against LSU's defense. That's what would have won this game. And you saw Auburn attacking that in the first half. One of the best plays of the game, and what I thought was going to be the light bulb in his head, was Chumo Kiki faking the three-pointer and driving it and dunking it on an LSU guy. That was the most beautiful play that Chuma has had all year long. And they just quit going to it. They were trying to get open shots on the three-point line, and it didn't work. I do want us to cover some of the, I I know it's hard to say and believe it, but there were some positive things. You've already just mentioned one with Chuma and his play tonight. Uh, We've continued to uh, be impressed with how he's risen his game the last couple of um, weeks and started to rise to the occasion. But the last point I want to make on this about the refs and I take a big issue with them coming out and saying we're going to let you guys play I'm sorry that's just a cop out because you as a referee have to come into the game knowing that you've got a mismatch in terms of size in Auburn that doesn't mean that you call it favorably for one team or the other but it's logical to think and to know that if that is the case there's going to be more opportunities for LSU to foul Auburn hard under the basket and that to me, is is one of the areas where they really suffer tonight. No, no, no. You cannot come out onto the court thinking, oh, they're smaller. Let me put that in the back of my head. What you should do is say, oh, when you're in the air and you get hit from behind, that's a foul regardless of size or color of uniform. But that's not so, what I said, though. That's not what I, I'm not <laughs> asking for them to have a, a idea in their head. But when they say that, you, we're coming in and not calling some. First of all, if we just take that at its face, hey, if you're just going to say let them play, then let them play. You should have called it the same way the entire game, and they didn't. You and I both agree they did not call it, call it the same way the entire game, correct? Right. So in that instance alone, they're incorrect, and thus they affected the outcome of the game way too much tonight. I don't think you and I are going to agree on this one tonight. <clears throat> no, and I tried to get away from it. but Here we are again. All right, let's talk about some stuff we do agree on, and I think one of the areas we do – is that Chumo Kiki has stepped up tonight. 12 points and 14 rebounds. The closest player on Auburn to get as many rebounds, shockingly, is Jared Harper. Who else is going to step up and give some aid in the rebounding department outside of Chuma? 
it needs to be Austin Wiley and Austin Wiley needs to start playing more than three minutes. And yeah, I'm sure he still is fighting through that injury, but I, I mean, he had three fouls in three minutes. Granted, they were terrible fouls, I think, but Auburn is missing Austin Wiley and Auburn is missing that size. And we talked about it the last couple of games. Can Auburn win without him? Yes. Yes, they can, but not when, Anthony McAmore has four fouls and two rebounds, and Horace Spencer gets three fouls and five rebounds. Auburn has got to start rebounding down low, and it's it's going to be on Austin Wiley, I think. Do you think it's more injury or just the lack of playing over the last couple of weeks that's affecting him more? Oh, that's I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I I think personally today he got picked on. Um, I think it was the second foul was that moving screen call at the top of the key. He didn't touch the guy. That was a terrible call by Dud show and he knows it. And then to get called for a hand check on the other end of the court in the Nets possession, I, I don't think that was a good call either. So I don't think Austin deserved two of those three fouls, but I think he deserved more than, than three minutes. And, you know, I'd like to see D'Angelo Purifoy do a little bit more in his 10 minutes. Yeah, he had eight points. That was really good for him. But he also had only one rebound and and a really bad, not great turnover. And, you know, I just, D'Angelo was the kind of guy two years ago to take over a game. He and Mustafa Heron played off of each other so well. And I don't know if it's Heron not being here or just, the playing time, but Dan Jell is not the same player that we saw two years ago. So you weren't as impressed as I was with Dan Jell tonight because I thought he had some very bright moments tonight. I think he played well at times, but I think he also didn't play well at other times. And that's it's kind of how he's played all season long. He had a great moment where he recognized that LSU was having trouble getting the ball in and and grabbed a loose ball and made the layup. Um, it was a really tough layup. I think he had a higher percentage shot to one of the guards, maybe Bryce, on the wing and get the three-pointer. But he, you know, I don't think he saw the court very well. Um, but I, I am glad that he had his, his eight points. But, you know, I want to see more more rebounds out of a guy like D'Angelo. He's too tall to be spending all of his time outside the paint. Well, and I think that's where when you have a player who's not seen the floor for a year and a half, they kind of go back into old habits. And I mean, let's just be, I mean, for me, I'm speaking personally, it's fun to shoot three pointers and clearly for this team with as many as they attempted tonight, it's clear for them too. And they had a lot of success for it. 42% from beyond the three point arc. They did everything in that area, right. To win the game. They just did so poorly. And others is what ended up affecting them uh, too heavily on the other end there. Um, I think any way you slice this here, whether you want to put more on the refs, more on Auburn's deficiencies, which is probably the, honestly the more right way to go. This is, I mean, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving, I want to be sure that people understand that I realize Auburn played awful and had them set, put themselves in positions where the refs poor performance affected them more than it should have. I, I recognize that, but I can also not take away from that that how much they affected the game either way the frustrating part about this for me clint is that this is a road win 
Auburn really needed. I, I don't know about you, but I cannot think of a road win outside of the Maui Invitational that Auburn can really stamp and say, this is our signature win for the selection committee for postseason play. Do you have that in mind? I mean, Maui isn't even a road win at that point anyways. It's a neutral site game, and the committee looks at it that way. Auburn doesn't have a road win on the season except at Texas A&M, and A&M is third to last in the conference. <clears throat> Auburn cannot win on the road, and that's a fact this season. Auburn cannot go, well, I guess UAB was technically a neutral site, but that's kind of a, a road game at that point. It might but, as well be home. It's two hours from Auburn. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, the, the NC State game was not a good game for Auburn, and NC State scored 24 points in an entire game last week, and Auburn got beat by them pretty handily, even though the score doesn't show it. Um, you can't get beat. You can't get blown out at Ole Miss. Um, Auburn played terrible at Mississippi State and South Carolina, and these are all just facts. Auburn has played terrible on the road and has got to get one win at some point. I mean, we've talked about it before. <clears throat> When it comes to tournament play, you're not going to be playing in Auburn Arena. 100%. Unless yeah. it's the NIT. <laughs> and Auburn, Auburn has got to start winning games outside of their home court. Do you think Bruce would turn down the NIT if that's what we fall to this year? No, not at all. Okay, I didn't think so. But, hey, you know, he surprised me that one time with the CBI rejection after Auburn. Oh, had... I would turn down the CBI. I understand, you know, but at that point with Auburn not having any postseason for the last, you know, decade, it, it would have been nice to have gone to something. I understand that. But, uh, anyway, hopefully that's not going to be the case or any kind of an issue the rest of the game. Uh, but we'll put this one away. It's frustrating. The refs fought, killed the game. We're not going <laughs> to. I know. Quit, just had to quit harping on it, Kyle. Come on. Well, I just had to throw it in there one more time. Let's talk about the next game where Auburn can hopefully get some of this momentum that they had built for the previous three games back, and they're going to be on their home court in Auburn Arena for our first rematch play in SEC um, this season with Ole Miss coming to town. The Tigers and the Rebels will take on each other on ESPN uh, 2, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Rebels come in with a 16-7 and record, 6-4 and in the conference. So when you look at these two teams and how they've fared throughout SEC play, because they made sure at the start of it, they basically have fared the exact same way, had the same overall record, but Ole Miss has the more favorable conference record because of the way they started. They're also kind of struggling now as things kind of go along. So I think we have two comparable teams. And then when you have that situation, you can put it in Auburn arena. I think that's a favorable situation for Auburn. I think so, too. Auburn has just dominated the home court, and the jungle has been such a <clears throat> home court advantage for Auburn that I think just the way Ole Miss has been playing, Auburn looks to have a good shot. And Ole Miss is that team that has had Auburn's number for years now. And I think we finally kind of broke through that one recently. But they still just seem to hover over Auburn like a, a black cloud. But they've not been playing very well. They just... You know, yeah, they beat Texas A&M and Georgia, who are two of the worst teams in the league. But before that, they had a four-game losing streak, including the SEC Big 12 matchup against um, Iowa State. So they're not playing their best, but who knows? Maybe coming off of the road win at Georgia is just what Auburn doesn't need. You talk about Auburn 
having Ole Miss is that thing they just can never really fully get over. Yeah, I agree. The last couple of seasons, we've kind of started to break that. But again, you open up SEC play this year with a loss to Ole Miss, granted at their court, and Auburn has struggled on the road. I don't know what it is about this Ole Miss team that just they, they're so streaky because you looked at the way they started out conference play. And for that matter, they had a pretty decent non-conference as well. I'll just sit flat out say it here again. Auburn and Ole Miss this year are very two, sim- two very similar teams. They've just had two different trajectories at time, it seems like. So I feel like Ole Miss is more on the downward slope right now, and Auburn is not so much on the downward slope. They just kind of had a little hiccup because they were on that winning streak right now. Um, Austin Wiley, I think if he's in this game and gets the type of time that we have been – hoping he would get I think he has a field day with Ole Miss because you know that kid is just ready to have a great game I can't wait to see it well for that matter we just need somebody down there to get some rebounds and other than Horace and Anthony because they've been overworked the last couple of games here Um, so if you're in the Auburn area you need to be in Auburn Arena because the Tigers right now need you there uh, to support them so they can make a strong finish in the second half of SEC play we'll find out how they do and next episode of Inside the Jungle. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at auburnuniforms.com. Make sure you come on over to the Facebook group, Auburn Tigers Discussions by the ETC Network, and be part of the discussions over there. We have pre-game, post-game, all kinds of talk before every basketball game there. Come over and check it out. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?